not working. Oh, God damn it. I know what I did. <laughs> I know what I did. I, I'm on top of my game. I actually wanted to play the comic book conformer the podcast music. That's the one I've got in my head. I realize your guys show is for the lore, which seems like it actually for the lore, and it almost works. And where do you get off saying lame because it's me, Tart? That's freaking harsh. That ain't right. I kick you out of my chat room. You are. You were saying lame because it was me. <laughs> Bitch. Oh yeah, you heard me. You're listening to For the Somebody's Lore, the touchy. podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite there. games, whether lore, oh. gameplay, or game design. Oh. Joining Roger is Joe, writer from <laughs> WoW Insider and World of Maticus, and Vince from Massive Nerd. laughing at me too god damn you people hello and welcome to for the lore this is roger coming to you on april 2nd for another fine episode of for the lore and we are saw vince this week which is awesome in and of itself and no that's not an april fool's joke he's just not here and so we actually got ourselves a fantastic guest to co-host in his place and uh basically show him how it's done so amir from madcast is here welcome to the show great to have you here hi guys how's everyone tonight i'm doing great how are you doing I am excited to be here. Oh, that's good. That's awesome. All right. Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. You're here I'm on time. To... <laughs> I, I, I'm here on time. I'm also happy to, really, really happy to have uh, Amir joining us. I've been looking forward to getting him on the show for a while now. So. Well, we got to show him what a good podcast is. That's what it boils down to. I know, I'm serious. We got to show him how it's done and shit like that. And then maybe <laughs> he can take a little of that back with him and just, you know, improve marginally even it doesn't have to be a lot <laughs> okay okay then last week we we spent a hell of a lot of time as everybody noticed on mass effect um for the last little while we've kind of there's been a few games we've uh we've spent quite a bit of time on this week is just a jumbled mess of everything is essentially what it breaks down to we're going to be covering a crap load of games this week which is nice every once in a while you need a week like that to show you that there are, there are options. Other games. There Looking are tons of uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're actually going to start off with Assassin's Creed, and we're going to let Amir here go with it. All right. So Assassin's Creed Three has actually got me pumped for the Assassin's Creed series. I'd uh, I'd not really touched Assassin's Creed since Assassin's Creed One, which I found to be kind of boring and dull. But this one seems to be doing uh. A lot of things I'd like to see. And one of the things that they had in this GameSpy article that immediately struck my eye as soon as I opened it up, it said that their goal is to ship Assassin's Creed 3.5 and not just Assassin's Creed 3, which means that they are planning on putting out a complete game once it comes out. Uh, they spent almost three years developing this game, uh, and the game game looks to be amazing from so far what they've done. It's supposed to be set in the... Uh, American Revolutionary War era. Um, with that, you're going to be uh, fighting alongside <laughs> the Americans, it seems like, because uh, most of the people that he's killed so far in the demo happen to be hmm, Brits. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no wonder, the, uh, the, wonder the, the Brits are getting all up in arms about it, calling it Ubisoft hate on uh, the UK lately. <laughs> Yeah, but it's well, because it's a French development company that made it. Of course, they're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for it. 
said for us, they they were talking about the assassins and the Templars on both sides of the struggle, and they were saying that the Templars back in their time, they weren't necessarily evil. They were just had their own idea how they wanted the world. So they go and quote, for us, Templars have never been fist-waving villains helping on destroying the world. Uh, they think they're helping the world. They're doing it uh, through control, kind of like Republicans. Not bad, necessarily. It's <laughs> 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 probably the things they said in there. But the, where you are in the world, I, the colonial Boston and New York and things of that nature, it just looks like uh, a different kind of game. Uh, you fight a lot in, within wooded areas. Uh, Connor seems to be a bit more of a hunter than the other uh, assassins that they had in previous games and that's kind of what they're going for uh, there'll be bears and things of that nature in the jungle well not jungle <laughs> forests things of that nature but uh, where the hell is I, I, this I, war I, taking place I thought it was in the states Vietnam man yeah, really. <laughs> it's no problem it's nah, man Charlie's in the trees. Assassin's Creed the Brazil edition <laughs> So they told on his look a little bit. I saw from when they first shot, shot out their preview, it had a lot of like tan leather and furs and stuff. But they looked to, it looks like they put the original like assassin's coat there and they lined it with like a colonial style boot, uh, blue. But they left his uh, leather pants, which I like. But he has tomahawks, dude. And that was the thing that first got me in the game. It's got fucking dude, dual. Did you, did you notice the tomahawk is the assassin symbol? Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's I know awesome. that, that's like, fantastic design is what that boils down. Oh, yeah. To. Did well, you see that's... somebody already made a real one, too. <laughs> I did not see that. However, uh, <laughs> they make real ones. That's terrifying. <laughs> the, same time. the only people <laughs> sharpening them will be people like Joe. He has guns, man. He has guns. What? He ain't dangerous. I hate to break it. I may or may not have already decided to order one. Yeah, that's not surprising <laughs> either. Uh, now, they said they rebuilt the combat to uh, allow for two-handed combat, which were, wasn't really in the previous games. Uh, it looks to be very fluid. They said in a Game Informer article that you can pretty much keep moving the entire time instead of, like, waiting and pausing after you kill someone. You can literally jump over their corpse and jump over other people on your way to new people that you're trying to take out. I find that to be quite sexy. <laughs> Dude, the idea of fluid combat makes me really, really, really happy. Well, I played a little bit of Brotherhood because my buddy had picked it up, and it just I didn't have that same feel. But if this this has that same idea, uh, that just seems to be what I want to see in the game. Now, they're building this game pretty much specifically for consoles, though. So if you're playing with the PC, they're already leaning towards look. If you're playing PC you'll want to play with a controller, which is fine by my uh, opinion because I have a controller that is able to play with PC. Uh, there will be multiplayer, uh, but they have not confirmed or denied co-op mode, which means there'll be a co-op mode. So I'm pretty ecstatic for this game. I'm looking forward to hearing more about whether or not they're going to do any kind of multiplayer on this too. Like they've seen that they can have a reasonably successful multiplayer with Brotherhood. And so I would really like to see, Did okay, first of all, did they even announce it and I just missed it? They said no. they're multiplayer. 
from what my understanding. They did not announce, however, co-op. Yeah, it's not an official announcement. Yeah. So that there's going to be something in there. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought, dude. I see. That's what I want to hear. Because more the pre-orders, about. the pre-orders are coming with the the sharpshooter class, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's right. So there is obviously going to be. See, and, and what I'm hoping is going to happen is that because of this um, different enhanced style of combat and whatnot, that instead of what we saw in Brotherhood, which for Brotherhood was awesome. I love the multiplayer. I loved it. I still like it. It has its place. But now I'd like to see something that is more frantic, something that is much more combat-oriented and less subtlety. And they could definitely do that with this game. That's what I'm really hoping they're going to do. All I yeah. know is I want to jump nimbly pimbly from tree to tree, throwing tomahawks and shooting people with muskets. It'll be fun. Dude, we've seen pictures of you. You ain't nimbly pimbly on trees. That just is not going to happen. You know what's going to happen? If it was actually me, the branch would just break and I'd just bounce. <laughs> You'd be a wild Kirby that poor, appears. That poor <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sad for the wait, though, all the way to October 30th. Man, yeah. it seems like such a long time. There's going to be a busy couple of months down that end, though. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, well, that leads us right into uh, Bioshock, too, because we got some more news on uh, Bioshock Infinite, too. Joe, you found the video on the next Siren Song video. Oh, my God. Dude, I don't know what it is, but they have, like, literally reached into Nightmare and, like, have started pulling out all their heavies. And it's just, I don't, they get progressively more scary. I don't know about you, but, like, I can't wait. I cannot wait. If okay, think of a think of a, a big heavy right that can actually bring everything you've killed back to life to come right back at you, and not like shambling zombie type of way. We're talking like twenty eight days later, exploding blood type way. It just that alone is kind of awesome because you saw those body counts that we had in all the other games, right? Um, look at Bioshock. Uh, the very first one where you're going through the rapture and you're seeing bodies strewn all over the place. What if somebody was just decided to make those bodies just get up and start trying to come at you? It just opens up so much more terror. Now imagine if you happen across a siren that's reanimating the dead and then one of the quiet boys. I don't know about you, but I would shit my pants. I am uh, getting straight terror from this game. I was not expecting that. <laughs> well, see, what I've been thinking about, too, is how they're going to be inter- integrating integra- Jesus Christ, integrating <laughs> it into um, the settings that we've already seen through the other videos kind of thing. So I, I'm already kind of thinking back to Bioshock and things like that and then trying to extrapolate from that what we can expect because it is going to be something that I, I fully anticipate that playing in the dark, this game, is going to have its creepy-ass moments that are going to be just a freaking blast, reminiscent of freaking Doom 3 kind of thing. I, I'm See, really looking forward to that. And that's the cool thing, too, especially because it's taking place uh, in Colombia, which is all open air. It's in the sky. There is sunlight. There is daylight. Yeah, but there are all still going to be buildings as well. There, there's right, a lot of no, buildings that you're going to be exploring as well, too. And I, those are going to be creepy as shit. Come on. <laughs> well, no, no, agreed, I absolutely agree. But there's going to be that constant contrast, right? 
And I think that's kind of the cool thing about this game that the other ones didn't have or didn't have the opportunity to have. When you're going through Rapture, you know what you're going to get. It's going to be dark. It's going to be scary. You're not really going to get to a room that creeps you out because it's out of place. But with this one, you're constantly going back and forth between environments. It's going to completely keep you off guard no matter what you do. Yeah, that's the kind of and, thing that messes with your head. And that's the, the stuff, stuff that messes hand. with your head. Exactly. Yeah, but see, and, and that's it right there because more so than a lot of other games, the Bioshock series, they know how to work on an emotional reaction case in point we've seen them talking about that with all the characters and everything else mm -hmm. but they do it just as well with the setting rapture was scary as shit also because of that claustrophobic feel of being stuck underwater so you didn't have to see light and have that that feeling of vertigo that you're too high and you're, you're falling you had that just as powerful feeling of that the claustrophobia from under being under the water. Well, here you're going to have that stark contrast that, yeah, you can open the curtain and get some, some light or go somewhere where there's light, but you're trading off one one emotion for another. You're trading off, the, you're not going to get security. You're going to get that vertigo and you the, the, the likelihood of falling to your death or staying in the dark location and fighting off whatever's in there. <laughs> I can't wait, man. This, this, I have not been this jazzed for a game in a long while. I announced on my podcast that this is going to be the game of the year. I'm sticking to my guns on it. I am super excited for this game. Well, the potential's there. I wouldn't argue with you for sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely a contender. Definitely. Okay, another another game that I know you're very excited about, Joe, is of course Fall of Cybertron. We got the okay. trailer for that. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> I really love this, like the concept of this game. I want to play this game. And they released the official trailer. I cringe when I say official trailer because it looked like Michael Bay got his hands on this trailer and inserted a ton of random dubstep and explosions. Like it just, it doesn't make sense with like the story of what's going on. All you just see is like random explosions. Give me a real trailer. Give me some story. Give me some meat. Give me something with like, you know, Bumblebee standing victorious or Bumblebee being carried off the battlefield. I'll be okay. But like this, it was just for being called an official trailer. I was actually sorely disappointed. I wasn't expecting a lot, so I didn't give a rat's ass. <laughs> Never do. Um, I, that's not saying I don't like the IP. I love the first game, but I am not quite as excited for this one as you guys. I, I am still excited just because of what it represents in terms of what they did with the engine. Okay, I, I know we're a lore podcast. Of course, you got to care about the story and whatnot. But in terms of just the technical aspects of what they've done with the engine for this game, the trailer showed that off. And it showed off just how amazing the game is going to look. The game looks way better than the first one in terms of just having a lot more color, a lot more definition and, and everything. It just looks far superior so in that regard it, it wins it does make you appreciate the work that went into this i can subscribe to that theory but I, I i'm with joe i was looking for a little bit more story to this uh this trailer it seemed uh, from well, everything else we've heard so far it just seemed a little out of place maybe compared that's to compare compare to the war for cyberdome <laughs> compared to the trailer that we got the official trailer for that with yep. the voiceover, with the, the narrative, with the acting on top of the scenes like this, and it's completely different. Here, you didn't really get much in that. Like, even the addition dubstep. of... Yeah, you got dubstep. And I'm sorry, I'm a little I'm a little over dubstep. Uh, it's just... Give me a little something. Like, even if it was just a little narrative, a little voiceover, just that, that voice of Optimus, or even the voice of Megatron, 
and just like you know describing some a little bit or just giving us a, a, a bit of a story or a bit of the a bit of that would have made it so much better in my opinion but again that's my opinion man I'm, I'm with you on that i'm with you yeah i didn't think it was that bad <laughs> Freaking Transformers. Come on, give me a break. It has Dude, trans- like, Transformers are serious shit, Roger. Oh, they're serious. This is serious, serious business. Serious shit. Serious business. All right. <laughs> How about we talk about some other serious business? Because apparently Hoogs wants to talk about Bioware. Because it's just out of the freaking blue down with Bioware. Uh, there was another video that came out for Mass Effect 3, the, the indoctrination video, yeah. for uh, to give us a little bit more information. Now, a lot of the stuff that's in that video was in the other indoctrination video that we saw. A little bit more clear complete spoiler i mean the, the other oh, one yeah. spoiled oh, yeah. a little kind of thing no no this one shows you everything including oh, yeah. every possibility of what you can do it's actually quite a good one if you finish the game and you're like what the hell just happened <laughs> watch this this will give you maybe a little bit better feeling about what you experience i i actually will credit this particular video for first of all it was incredibly well edited and put together um, a little too fast uh, with some of the writing. You got to pause. <laughs> yeah, they even, say, they even say that. They even say that uh, that you have to pause in certain points. But overall, it was just fantastically done. And I watched it twice. And watching this video has actually kind of sold me on the indoctrination theory. Like I'm, I'm seeing, I'm like, and I forgot a lot of this stuff. Like I went through and I did play ME one and ME two before ME three came out, but there were some little things like finer points that I had missed that I had forgotten, and just getting so caught up in the current game, and I went back and I'm like, wow, that 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 actually really makes sense. Crap, I don't want this to make sense, but it makes sense. Even if it does, though, and that's something that we've discussed, kind of thing. And even if it does make sense, I it's funny because it's gotten to the point now, and this is not to take sides one way or another, because I've kind of said how I feel about people just jumping right. bandwagon and saying, "Oh, it yeah. sucks," like everybody has to. Give me a freaking break. You you can have your own mind. That said, though. Then you have the flip side of the people who believe that it is the indoctrination thing. And they're trying a little too hard themselves to, not as fanboys and fangirls, some of them I'm certain it is, but just Mm -hmm. trying too hard to say, no, no, this is it. And it's a work of genius if it is. No, it's not. They've been planning (laughs) these games for years, years, okay? They've mapped it out. They've done their outlines. You can't put out games like this that have so many potential different scenarios for everything without planning this out over the course of three games. So, no, it's not a work of genius, okay? Let's be very honest here. Not even close, because... Again, it was all if it is, in fact, that it was just planned out. It was just part of their outline the same way that the relationships are till the end. I mean, that's yeah. that's just the way it is. That being said, again, seems, go ahead. It only seems like a work of genius because people are just getting it. And well, so it's that light bulb moment. And you're like, oh, it's no, like when it people first was like people finally figured out Pulp Fiction. Yeah. See, yeah. And, and again, it's not. It's not just that, in my opinion. It's just as bad as the people who are jumping on the the It Sucks bandwagon are the people that are just trying so hard to make it seem like this is just the, the end-all, be-all of science fiction games. And it's like, 
Yeah, no, 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 no. That's 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 not true. It's it's yes, it's good if they did plan that far ahead, fine. But there are still freaking problems. You know what? Have this indoctrination thing over the course of three games, but then make it so that at the end, once people figure out, they're not still sitting there going, yeah, but what about this, this, and this? Yeah, but what? Like, there's still so many things. Like I was telling Joe before when we were talking about this today. Like, even if I subscribe to this, and believe full on out that yes this is what happened which i'm ready to do that it still doesn't explain it still doesn't give us an ending because he fine he beats he he beats the indoctrination but he doesn't beat the reapers so if that's where i'm having actually existed See, that's whoa, 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 like, what the hell is know, that? Wait, wait, wait. Where did you, that Hold came out of your ass five minutes ago? Listen, listen, but like, what if, what if they, the war had not escalated to that point? What if everything was that, like, that's, and this is like, I'm reading up on a lot and this is like, people are like going way haywire on their theories. But one of them is what if Shepard at the end of the first game, actually just landed back on earth or landed in a crash and he's waking up at the end of the third and everything that happened in between was part of that whole fighting the indoctrination. Bullshit. What if none of that actually happened again, the, you know, the- family guy theory, you know what I mean? So like, that that's is. a possibility too. It would be, <laughs> would be super shitty. shitty. That is super shitty. That is, no yeah. way. I don't. I don't buy that for a second. Not too much of a stretch for me. No, uh, no, 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 no. And I've stretched a little bit, but that one's too much for me. <laughs> but again, I go back to the 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 most common sense one that uses the indoctrination. Still shows him with that breath, and they even say too, he comes back to life in one of the scenarios. And he's there because he never made it. So again, there he, he's coming back to life. He, well, not coming back. He never really died. Okay, so he takes that breath. He's alive there in the middle of the rubble because he tried to make it there because they lured him there so that they could continue with the indoctrination things. Okay, I'm with you up until there. They bring him back. The freaking Reapers are still attacking. <laughs> he didn't beat the, the Reapers. They're There's still really attacking. An and so then again, the what happens from then on when the the whole thing with the the Normandy again that's all in his head. But if he kind of woke up and came back to life, there shouldn't be a freaking Normandy taken off. There should there shouldn't be any more going on in his head. So there's too many things. And then again, going back to the Reapers are still winning this fight, and there's no freaking catalyst or anything that they can use. So. They're pretty much cooked. Anyway, you look at it. So that's one of the big things that I'm having a problem with because people are saying there's so many plot holes and problems with the non-indoctrination and they feel let down. Even with indoctrination, you're left with gaping holes at the end. And if they're planning that... less. Well, yeah. yeah. But again, if they're planning to fill those holes, crack fill them with freaking DLC later, here we are once again where you're having to pay for an ending on top of paying for the yeah, game. Yeah, and there goes back to the original argument why people were so pissed to begin with. Yeah. So again, the 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 indoctrination is a good theory. It's 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 grasping, 
but it seems to have a ledge to hold on to. So that's fine. If you finish the game, check out the show notes. And, and there's a nice little indoctrination theory from Family Guy video that I had to put in there too, just because it's freaking <laughs> hilarious. So you'll want to check that out as well. Um, but some other news that we got as well was the alternate ending that got canned beforehand. That was actually really quite interesting, especially when you're considering the source there too. I got nothing on that one. It was it was one of those. Um, I take it with a grain of salt, um, but I think it would have been interesting to see, um, and kind of the idea that this is. It was Drew Gabbershaw who who said it too. Yeah, and he's one yeah, of the main writers on it. And, so, but he also but he also said that the script had changed so many times since they originally conceived it, right? So I'm thinking this was just one of the ideas that was bounced around for quite a while. For people who are wondering, it involves a lot more of the dark energy, which we saw in um, the other games and in the arrival and whatnot. And and they use that versus what we saw at the end with the catalyst and whatnot. And a lot of what he said, though, yes, take it with a grain of sand. Although I've no doubt that something like this probably was. I've I've no doubt. And I think that they could have worked with this a lot better than what we got at the end, especially in the hands of, of Drew. I got a lot more faith in what he could have done with this oh, and yeah. how he could have worked with the, the concept of the dark energy and, and all that at the end to give it more of a realistic feel as well and less of an introspective um, cerebral kind of experience ending to the game. I agree. <laughs> you, you, all right. I got nothing else on that one. All right. Okay. So, uh, what else do we have here? No, we're you know we're not even touching on that. Okay. Let's move on to Fantasy Star Online Two because Yay. Joe, I know you're freaking wigging out about this. You invent. I am really excited Yay. about this, <laughs> dude. Fantasy Star Online was the first game that I put that many hours into back in the days of Dreamcast, and it was an amazing time for me. It was an amazing game. It was just it was great for the time. Finally, we're actually going to we're getting more information about Fantasy Star Online 2, and it's going to be coming for the PC and the Vita. That's a little surprising. Not as surprising when you consider that Fantasy Star Online had a lot of ties in with the PSP as well. Back before they took down the original servers, there was a uh, Fantasy Star Online game for the PSP that did directly interact with your game on the actual servers. But we're talking about an MMO on yes. the Vita now. Yes. That's, yes. that's no, no. freaking Fantasy huge. But Fantasy Star Online was uh, an MMO as well, and so was the access to the one on the PSP. I'm yeah, going to... Fantasy Star Universe. Yeah, yeah see, I'm going to assume, though, that this is going to have a lot more meat to it than oh, the yes. others did, which yes. is why, oh, again... Sure. Now, granted, yes, the Vita... Not- I'm just saying it's not, you know, unprecedented is all I'm saying in this franchise. No, 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 not at all. It's just, and, and I think it's great, but I think that it's it's uh, it's certainly going to stress the Vita to the maximum of what it can accomplish. And it's going to be interesting to see, uh, definitely, it's going to be interesting to see how they work with the Vita because of all the controls and all that to make it something that makes then an MMO something more reasonable to be played on a console versus having to do it on a PC. And Fantasy Star is the perfect one to be played on a console because the control scheme is actually fairly simple. And it, the way you assign triggers, the way that you can map your abilities, it it lends itself really, really well to consoles. It lends itself really well to handhelds. So it's really not that surprising. And what really was surprising to me is the fact that they're going back to their roots and they're making this free to play. 
And the original Fantasy Star Online was completely free to play as long as you had an internet connection until they started having some financial issues. Um, and then Sega couldn't support the servers anymore. Then they started doing the Hunter Pass. But this, no. They're going completely free to play. If anything, the free to play model that Fantasy Star Online put years ago was ahead of its time. They're actually going to be able to do it right this time, I think. And I'm looking very, very forward to this. I really can't wait. Yeah, this one's got me pretty excited. Uh, Fantasy Star Online was pretty much like the second real MMO mm-hmm. I sucked my teeth into. And uh, that was the reason why at the time I kept my Xbox Live subscription. Because I didn't play on the, the Dreamcast. I played on the Xbox. And uh, me and my friends, we probably sunk good five, 600 hours into this game. So. Oh, easily. Easily. Yeah, so having this kind of I, I had a spread needle, I had the buzz knuckles, I had everything, man. <laughs> come on. Yeah, having this come out and be free to play and going to the Vita and PC and then they're having little social games that you're having your Android and iOS. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, see I'm we're very excited about that too. I we've been talking a lot more about that and any game that's going to integrate uh, handheld devices and this one is going to Android and iOS, which is nice. Uh so I I I think that the more that we can encourage them to do that, I I just think it's absolutely fantastic because again, I'm I'm of the mind too that as long as what they're offering on both, they don't necessarily have to be, you know, obviously required or anything like that. It can be very loosely tied even, but give me some form of connection and make each one something that's that's worth playing. I'll gladly buy it on on iOS as well as on PC because I don't have a freaking Vita because I'm not paying for that freaking memory card. (laughs) (laughs) Screw that memory card. Man, but dude, after seeing this, it's like, oh, dude, I would love to play this on the Vita. That would be awesome. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Okay, let's move away from there. How about Legend of Grimrock? That actually looks kind of fun. Way old school, but kind of fun still. Joe, did you find this? I did, and it looked kind of interesting because what caught me was exactly what the title of the article says, and it's the dungeon crawler I always wanted in a modern-day setting. Um, and it's just kind of cool because it's it's got the sort of that almost Fallout feel to it with some of the, like the, the mechanical, weird, mutated spider crab things that you see going around there. Uh, but it's just it's a 3D dungeon crawler. Uh, like Dungeon Master, Wizardry, and Eye of the Beholder from back in the day that we all, you know, I, at least I think most of us played and sunk tons of hours into. And it's bringing it back in such a way that it's really, really, really damn cool. Did you guys get a chance to watch uh, the video? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I watched the video. Yeah. Okay. Now, not only is it going to be kind of awesome uh, in the fact that it's going to have a, a very low price point, um, this is also the game that we talked about a long time ago that modified their interface for uh, disabled people, for people with handicaps to be actually be able to play it. Like they completely reworked their entire UI. Um, so I mean, like it's just this is a company that 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 is interested in making sure that their people can play the game. And it's I'm sorry, I, they had me a dungeon crawler. I just love dungeon crawlers. Stick me in a dungeon. Give me a sword. Give me a board. Let me go at it. I'm a happy camper. And this just looks absolutely awesome. Like, it just, every aspect of it just looks ridiculously cool. The only this, thing that could have made this better is if they would put it on the freaking iPad. 
seriously, this, <laughs> you look at that video and tell me you yeah. don't think that this was I, made for yeah. the iPad. Just sit there and tap, there. tap, tap. Because it's that old school type of dungeon crawler that yep. you don't need a keyboard mouse or a controller even. You can tap around and do whatever you want. And, oh, just scream for that. If they could do that, oh, it's old. It's old. I was like, this thing's on a grid. Are you serious? I am ready. Yeah. Dungeon crawler. I was like, come on, man. Yeah, it's like, it's I been... done this in so long. The mobs are turning in ninety like... degree angles. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I'm like nine again. Come on, let's do this. I'm about it. Dude, I'm sold. Yeah. yeah, and it, it kind of looked like it was fun too with the little puzzles that they have here and there and, and whatnot. So it looked like it, it's going to be not just going through and hacking and slashing all the spiders you come across, but there's going to be a few little interesting things along the way too to make it challenging. Yeah, and they're talking about player created content in the future potentially yeah. and expansions. Uh, yeah. Oh, they, they could they, easily do that. Yeah, I, I am in. Yeah, <laughs> and it yeah. launches and it launches on April 11th. So, order your copy now on GOG.com, Steam, or the game's official website, and get it for only twelve dollars instead of the fifteen. Yeah, yeah. and really, Jesus, fifteen? You're gonna pump in quite a few hours and have fun with this. Well worth the money for fifteen bucks. Hell yeah. Yeah, well worth it. Sure. Now, another one that was under my radar, and I spotted this just freaking looks amazing to the point where I am sold day one is this Dragon's Dogma. This looks absolutely freaking amazing. The way they're talking about it with that blend of Dark Souls and Elder Scrolls and Final Fantasy and whatnot. And if you watch the videos that they have for one being a gameplay video, another on the skills and professions, and then the other one on the pawn system, which we'll get back to that. And that's freaking brilliant, if you ask oh, me. Yeah. This game has got me. And I, I'm, dude, I, I cannot wait to actually play this. It looks phenomenal like you see some of the stuff that they're doing which again when you it's it's that typical rpg type thing where you've got your character and you can equip various skills and 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 armor and different things like that that said they're being very careful and they're not just overflowing you with junk like a lot of other games do especially elder scrolls games no it's going to be hard for you to equip your guy pro appropriately it's going to be even harder for you to equip your pawn which is your companion because you're going to either be spending a lot of money on yourself or on them kind of thing so it, you're going to have to actually think when you play this game and not just have so many options that it doesn't even really matter at that point and then when you start looking at the combat system start looking at the interaction with the world dude when he floated off of that building picked up a peasant <laughs> mm -hmm. and tossed yeah. them yeah, they, the had, they had they had me at peasant tossing yeah. <laughs> oh my god it was just fantastic I was thrown off. I was like, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> splatter at them. Like, yeah, no, I, I, like this one definitely snuck under my radar. And I'm so glad you found this because it's got my attention now. And I've watched this video probably about three times today. Like that little energy leash that he's leading the, uh, the pawn behind him with and all that other good stuff and, and everything else. This is awesome. I know it just looks ridiculously cool. I heard job system and I was like, oh man, <laughs> oh man, you level up jobs in a game that's like crossing between Skyrim and Dark Souls? Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Give me more now. I want this. And then they should, then I watched the pawn system video and I was like, all right, I, I don't want to see, I, well, I, I want to see more, but I don't want to see more because I might like 
have to wash another pair of pants. Okay, <laughs> we'll get into the pawn system in a minute. Going back to what I was saying about where your gear and your abilities that you have to pay for, you are going to have to think about the, the bill that you want. You're going to have to think about what you want to buy because everything's going to cost money and it's not just a matter of having everything handed to you on a silver platter. They're doing that as well with the exploration. So I love how he was saying how when you have a quest, you have to go to the inn. Not because you have to start from the inn, but because you're not leaving until morning. So you may as well stay there until morning because you don't want to be outside at night. Because that's when bad things happen to you. And it's not safe to go off the road. As opposed to other games, like you said, other games where they say, oh, don't go there, it's dangerous. But that just means go there because there's quests. No, no, here they're saying, don't go Go there. It's very dangerous. <laughs> There's a really good reason for you not to go there. I mean, you can't even cross a freaking stream without invisible rodents and freaking raptors and things coming after you. But I love how the exploration is phenomenal, but it comes at a cost. You have to be brave to go there. I love how when there was also, he didn't have a torch, so he was going into the cave, and it was just pitch black, and it wasn't take a few steps in and get attacked. They're waiting for you at the freaking line there and attacking. So I love that the difficulty system in it is not being um, just for like certain aspects of the game, but is basically the entirety of the game is going to be something where... You really, if you are the type who gets those achievements and whatnot, that you have gone through a lot of the game and the, the landscape and different quests and whatnot, you've earned it. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> well, that's the Dark Souls aspect, and that's what I really am yeah. excited about. Exactly. Because, like in Skyrim, I'm running around, oh, look, a witch is running towards me. Eh, whatever. Oh, it's a giant. I'll just turn into a werewolf. Yay. Right. Here it's like, <laughs> that's a really dark cave. I don't know if I want to go in there. Exactly. <laughs> oh, 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 here's an undead. It's eating my face. Shit, run away. That was Screw that noise. Yeah. You know what? You can actually <laughs> still be a man and run away and still be yep. feel comfortable. I am hey, still a freaking man. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> discretion is the better part of valor. Thank you, and, sir. And that's not taken away from Skyrim as well because Skyrim did with what like what we saw with the, the Old Republic and other games too, where they give you that heroic feeling, where you get to feel heroic in your character. And that's great. I that love that my... Yeah, I love that my character was freaking slaying dragons in no time and taking on giants in no time, just playing smart. But you do get that heroic feeling. But that's not what this is. This is about... None of that heroic shit. You're going to have to earn your heroic feel. And that means really playing smart and also being br freaking brave. I'm sorry, yeah. but <laughs> like he's, he's going up the mountain, heading towards the castle, sees an ogre, sides, nah, I'm nope. not going <laughs> to the ogre. <laughs> Turns around, and then it gets dark, and he's getting assaulted by zombies. Oh, man. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to hoof it right back to the city because, uh, yeah, that dungeon's probably filled with uh, monsters. Yep. <laughs> I freaking loved it. Now, let's actually talk about the pawn system, too. I'll let you take this, Mir. All right, so the pawn system is really, really cool. Like, so you create your own pawn at the start of the game. You have yours that you made, and that pawn can be basically exported to online for other people to use your pawn. Your pawn is rated by the quest that is completed, uh, the things that are seen, the monster that is fought, uh, various things like that, and the different equipment that it's wearing and the skills that it has. So with that, you can bring other people's pawns into your party. 
do it through online. Those pawns are rated by the people who use those pawns. Uh, it, the search system made me laugh because the first thing I thought about was, well, how am I going to find this mage if I want a mage? And you can actually search by rating what kind of class that you want in your party from the different... Uh, different classes available and different skills and by the rating that those uh, pawns have received. So if your pawn sucks, you haven't geared them out, you haven't uh, gave them any new skills, then people are going to downrate your pawn and never use it. And your pawns earn experience and... Uh, riff points. And riff coins riff or riff points. gems yeah. or some damn thing, yeah. yeah. Riff points to, to actually buy and upgrade other pawns. So this is like something you want to do you want to have your pawn to be pretty fucking sweet so <laughs> you can turn around and buy better pawns for yourself for when you need them because you can switch classes in the game you can switch jobs and decide that you want to do something entirely different like he switched from being a mage at the start of the game into a a magic a archer mage archer dude that was freaking <laughs> kick-ass that was amazing <laughs> so he went and searched up another mage to help out his party and the way he searched it was just so cool and then you can favorite that ones that was you, insane been used yep. so they could appear in your world just as a random passerby and you can bring them into your party I was speechless. <laughs> the, the system that they put together for your pawn, which again is essentially your companion in the game, is when you compare it to other games that have had similar companion systems, is so far advanced just by virtue of the fact that they're making it so interactive and making it something that, again, you can share with your friends and other people on Xbox Live. The thing that I loved as well is that it's not just about how much money you invest in your pawn to gear it out or give it special abilities and all that. It's also about whether or not they completed certain quests with you and how much they've explored and things like that because they get a rating system for all of that. So when he's going through all of the pawns looking at who he wants to bring on his adventure... He's looking at all of the ratings that this pawn has had in terms of exploration, quest completion, and things like that. Because what happens with your pawn is that there is a certain amount of AI there. So when you bring it with you when you are going out, if you're working on a quest that the pawn that you have, well, quote-unquote, rented, essentially, is with you, he's already done that quest. He's going to be able to offer you tips and hints on how to complete the quest because he's already done it and he knows it likewise with different exploration so that means oh dude yeah, yeah with monsters too they learn how to mm -hmm. fight, fight different monsters. monsters so that means now that when you take your pawn and you invest the time in completing quests you're not just improving your stat your specs gaining rewards from the quest and all that but you're making it so that your pawn is then more attractive to be rented out which means you then get those rift coins that you can apply towards renting higher level pawns to help you on your missions. Uh, it's it's absolutely freaking brilliant. They have an amazing system. Everything about it looks like it's just incredibly well done and thought out. It's surprisingly intuitive from what I'm looking at too. Like it's not something that it looks like it's going to be overly complicated. Like some of the final fantasy series we've seen where it takes you bloody forever to figure out what the hell to do, but it just, it just looks so awesome. The only thing uh, that I didn't see enough of was the actual questing. 
to see that there is actually because the gameplay mechanics are there they've sold me on that the graphics yeah. look actually pretty damn good yeah so the only thing that's remaining now is actually the questing in the game and how many hours of gameplay we can expect that kind of thing that's the only thing i haven't read up on yet yeah i haven't seen too much on that either but i'm hoping i'm hoping oh yeah that it is epic level questing and i'm hoping that it is hundred of hour of, of exploration and gameplay and difficulty, just like Dark Souls was, just like Demon Souls was, and just like Skyrim was. If they can give me that, I you will have a customer in me. Oh, well, like I said, this is even without knowing that just yet, I'm still sold day one, without a doubt. Yeah. This yeah. is the day one buy for me, just from what I've seen so far. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to another game that I know that especially you guys are very excited for, and that's World of Darkness. Um, actually, I'll let Amir take this because we got a little bit more news on that, too. All right, so in the latest uh, article that I've seen from World of Darkness, they're talking about how in the game you can stay human if you choose to. Now, granted, it's going to be an extremely difficult process because... You're in a world full of vampires. Everything wants vamp- to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And vampires have uh, some pretty extreme powers that they can use to take you out. But, I mean, should you choose, you can do it. You will not be as powerful as vampires. Uh, they even said that guns uh, are more of a fashion <laughs> accessory than, uh, than anything else. But if you can put together a large gang of humans, maybe you can survive this. But... For the most part, this game, I'm looking forward to particularly for the social aspect of the game. Uh, They say that if you become powerful enough that you can uh, cause permadeath in another character. But I don't know if they're saying that you put a hit out on someone exactly. It didn't really clear that up for me. But you can cause someone to lose all of their progression in the game by becoming socially and politically powerful enough in the game to become a prince. That's a little, I, <laughs> if I invest a lot of time in my character, I sure as shit don't want somebody being able to kill them. At the same time, though, if you put in enough uh, time to become a prince, I, I they say it's not going to be a simple process. Uh, Rainer Hardison was quoted, yes, you have to be a total and I think he was going for badass. And he's like, it's really hard to do. You have to work really hard to become a prince. It's not going to be something that you can simply go into the game and say, hey, I want to kill this guy and he's going to be gone. I'd imagine that this is going to take a lot of political power, a lot of swing from other players within the game. Because you have to get elevated to prince by other players uh, bumping you up from the, uh, the way they had explained it. So I... Uh, I'm pretty excited for that particular aspect because you don't even have to necessarily be playing PvP or PvE. You can entirely, uh, you can play the game entirely from a social aspect, and that that's exciting. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I won't. Uh, I won't deny that. Joe, you were saying you're just foaming for this game too. Joe has apparently disappeared on us. <laughs> <laughs> what the crap? Tart. Where's Joe? <laughs> Ninja vanishes. Uh, here, here we go with the Jeopardy music. <laughs> we haven't needed any of this for a while. Joe! Oh, sorry, what man. What the hell are you a, doing? Dude, I had a, I had a Roger-style epic coughing fit, and I couldn't breathe. So I actually had to, like, get up and get water because I couldn't breathe. I'm sitting there, like, hacking up a lung, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, old man, why are you giving me your curse? Uh, Holy shit. 
Hey, but I can breathe now, so that's good. <laughs> you know what? Tart was not replying when I was asking her about it. Why do she I think you're lying about the coughing? Dude, she was making sure I was okay. You are out of breath. <sighs> Fuck. Tart, you tramp. <sighs> do you want to talk about the game? Yes, I do, actually. <laughs> did wow. you? Okay, well, did you even hear what he had to say? I heard, I got to the point where we were talking about everybody can still be human, and then coughing. Oh, for fight. crying out loud. Okay, blah, blah, blah. You can kill people <laughs> through the political power, blah, blah, blah. Okay, what do you want to say? Actually, that's really one of the cool things that I, I'm looking forward to the game is that the World of Darkness has always been one of those game settings that I've always enjoyed from pen and paper days, all, from all the incarnations throughout the years. Werewolf, Mage, uh, Changeling, Vampire the Masquerade, Vampire the Dark Ages... The whole nine. It's just been a very awesome, dark world. And White Wolf and now Wizards of the Coast have done amazing things. And giving it to CCP to kind of let them do their thing is really, really awesome as well. What gets me, though, is in the quote-unquote gameplay trailer we see, which really isn't a gameplay trailer, more is just like a proof of art concept. Um, the art for it just looks like everything I always imagined the World of Darkness game setting would be. So if I get to play my if I get to play a werewolf, if I get to play my Garu, I am freaking happy. It's gritty. I like it. Yeah, and the art style like, is is kind of neat. It is kind of cool. I, I I did like that. But again, at this point we're looking at just proof of concepts. It's not really anything yeah, that's yeah. that's well yeah set I mean, in stone. Let's I mean let's face it though, FanFest where it was released, it was all about Dust 514. This was like a footnote. True. This was yeah. like, hey, we're also doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So I Okay, let's move away from that and into just so uh, we're just going to cover a couple more games and then be done with it. Uh, but one of the games that we and we talked about this before the show too. Uh, one of the games that I was dying to play before it was actually released and to the point where it was actually in my cart on PSN because I, I I'm part of the I, I subscribe still to the PlayStation Plus so I would have been able to play it early was Journey and I'd been following it for a while beforehand. However, they were very cryptic about what the game actually was. So I was very interested in it. I still wanted to play it. And I was going to pick it up as soon as it was available available for the PlayStation Plus members. However, almost immediately, I started reading reviews, whether it be just short comments on Twitter or actual reviews about it from people who had already finished it and found out that the game is basically a couple of hours of gameplay and then you're done. And on top of that, it's not really something that you're prone to repeat again. So you're going to play it once. And I found that at $15, it was just too much for me to spend a couple of hours playing a game. Had it been a little bit less, that would have been fine. Had there been some replayability, that would have been fine as well. However, again, for two hours, 15, it was just a little steep for me. You got to remember, too, that when you a lot of people buy a lot of games, but especially if you're doing a gaming podcast, you spend tend to spend a lot of money on games so that you could talk yeah, about yeah. them. And every few bucks counts. And I found that it was too much. Unfortunately, I still, well, not unfortunately, I'm still dying to play this freaking yeah. game. I'm dying to. And it has now become the fastest selling PSN game of all time, which is not surprising if you are at all, if you use any kind of social media, you saw this explode the moment it came out. And I know that neither of you guys have played it as well. How close are you to actually wanting to pick it up though now? I really, really want to, but it's hard for me to justify about two or three hours of gameplay for $15 when we just got Alan Wake at the $10 price point. Yep. 
and it was so much more, it's it's hard for me to justify it. I'm not saying that I don't support the artist. I'm not support the studio and the, the game. But it's just like it is. It's a little too steep for my taste. Now, if it happens to go on sale, there you go. Same that's thing a whole here. Other story. Yeah. Well, see, yeah. I keep looking as well at at what we saw with Bastion, which is constantly mm-hmm. on sale for five freaking bucks. I mean, we've both said it. We bought it for people as gifts, I, just because. Yep, it's, exactly. See, I don't mind spending fifteen bucks on a game when it's something where I can get it for five bucks on sale, and then I'm buying a couple of other copies for other people as gifts mm-hmm. and I'm good with that. And then look at freaking Torchlight, which had even in its heyday when it first came out and it was ballistic how much, how much people were excited about it. You can get it for five bucks on sale all the friggin' time. And, and I, another game that I bought for people. Repeatedly. Same thing. And <laughs> yeah. the thing with both of those games is there's a lot more playability. There's a lot more time invested in playing it. Plus, there's more playability. Unfortunately, with this, you're not getting either of those things, and you're still being charged a 15. So, I, like, I'm really happy that it's done so well. I'm really happy that a concept so beyond the norm is accepted and doing very well that's great i the only thing for me like you just said too is waiting for a sale as soon as that comes up you've got me i'll buy it like i i I, we were talking about it before the show i I was torn i i really am because i've had so many people come to me and say this might be the best indie game since bastion and i have uh I have raved about Bastion on multiple occasions, and I'm not going to rave about it anymore. But Bastion's probably my favorite. Oh, you're in good company ever. to do it here. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I, if you're comparing it to Bastion, even in the, the the two hours, people were telling me they haven't, they didn't feel like they wasted their money. So, I, I for know. ten bucks, for ten bucks, I would make the splurge. But right now, I just, I don't know. I, 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 I can't justify it because it just doesn't seem like enough for 15 bucks. But it just looks it looks amazing. That art style in a game makes me want to play right now. <laughs> yeah, I just can't 15 bucks. If there was again, if there was any kind of replayability to it, wherein it is something that you would pick up more often to mess around with, then I'd be down with it. But unfortunately, again, for something that I'm going to pay 15 bucks for and then be done with, and that's it. No, nah, can't do it. Okay, let's move away from there. Last one, we're going to talk about Dark Millennium. And that is because it is no longer going to be an MMO. And because of layoffs and everything, they're actually changing Warhammer 40k to a single player. Joe, I'll let you tackle this. Yeah, it's kind of a big blow. A lot of people were really looking forward to this, especially as an MMO, because it would have been a sci-fi MMO in the third person, but very heavily shooter-based. And we're talking about the same people that made Space Marine and Kill Team, which are very well-received games in the Warhammer 40k universe. But with all of the massive, massive, massive layoffs that THQ has been going through, they've basically been forced to either restructure the game or abandon it completely. They cannot support it as an MMO any longer. So instead... It will be a premium experience with single and multiplayer gameplay with robust digital content and community (laughs) features. Basically saying we're going to make Space Marine with better multiplayer. And why is that a bad thing? You know what? It's not a bad thing. We've got too many MMOs coming out right now. Way too many. But we don't have the sci-fi like this would have been. And that's why people are really upset, myself included. I'm not saying that I'm not going to play this game because Lord knows I'm going to buy it. And Lord knows I'm going to play the hell out of it like I did Space Marine. But yeah. we got Wildstar coming out soon enough. 
There you go. But, That'll be your sci-fi. This is not the with same. bunnies. With it's bunny chicks. You, you know what? <laughs> right. For somebody who hated that aspect of Terra so much, you're really hell-bent on bunny chicks. For <laughs> because it's a bunny I'm chick, not a bunny uh, girl. There's a difference between yeah, a bunny chick and uh-huh. a bunny girl. Big uh, difference. If you don't know that, you got your own problems to deal with. See, though, Joe, I, I'm actually in the same page as Roger with this. I, I think it's probably better off that they're not making this MMO because the MMO maybe. market is just getting so crowded, dude. Everybody wants to make an MMO now, and most of them fail. That's the that's the crappy part about it. Like most of them, because they're all trying to measure up to the WoW stick. And well, I it's not just that, but unfortunately, what we're seeing in far too many of them as well is that they've got the same mentality of we're going to try to develop an MMO, which again, in and of itself, a lot of them don't realize just how much work this is going to oh, be. No. But then we're going to make an MMO, and then they have to keep trimming because it's way too expensive, way too much work, way too much everything. And then when it comes out, they're still stuck in that mentality of we're going to charge a monthly fee. You know what? This is not seven years ago. That mentality just is not working nearly as well, which is why we've seen how well the pay-to-play model is going now and things like that. But a lot of them still are trying to do the monthly fee kind of thing, like what we're going to be seeing with Terra. And so I think that that there is the problem that we're seeing where... The, the market is getting flooded with all these developers that are seeing that golden goose laying eggs like crazy in the corner and thinking, <laughs> we can do that too because we're going to offer something a little different. And it falls to shit, and then sooner or later, they fall to the free-to-play model. And some of them, yeah, they do a good job, like the Lord of the Rings and whatnot. They do a good job, yeah. and it comes up. But a lot of them, it just doesn't work. Look at Star Trek. It turns to shit, and then you're yeah, stuck with a useless Star Trek MMO. Didn't, didn't exactly... Turn to shit there, Roger. Well, okay, you, you know that's what I all, mean, though. A... There's, I, you can point to other ones. That's not the only example. <laughs> well, we can talk about Warhammer Online, even. I, it was great for PvP, but then after that, the game just fell apart. And I was excited for Warhammer. Me too. I, it just didn't, it didn't hold up. It didn't, and uh, and I'm I was afraid that that was going to happen to this. And I know it's a different universe, but I that's that was my same fear. So I'm I'm actually glad that it's going to to this now, model instead of uh, yeah. I agree. If it if it turns into a fantastic and solid game that lets me play with friends, drop in, drop out style in awesome multiplayer scenarios. I will be incredibly content. Let me put it to you this way, and that's exactly it. Let me put it to you this way. With um, with uh, Borderlands 2 coming out, okay? Now, Borderlands 2, and and we're going to believe that Claptrap wasn't lying to us. <laughs> the, the PC <laughs> he version, he, w- he wrote a love letter. He cares about us PC users. So it's going to be rock solid, be able to bounce into games, no problems whatsoever. And I can tell you that that, it, that was possible with one, with, yes, some fin some trickery with the router and things like that and some mini files but it definitely was i did it all the time and i loved it so let's just say no finagling it just works from the get-go okay i would rather play borderlands as borderlands 2 the same as one but just exponentially cooler than a borderlands mmo the oh, the sure. the the single player with co-op still has a ton of viability and in a market that's being flooded with so many MMOs right now I think that it's fantastic I think that it could do even better if they're smart about offering you know a store where you can buy different guns or whatever in the same way that an MMO can have a free to play and offer various things 
offer it to your community in terms of your 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 single and, and multiplayer kind of things like we saw with, poorly but we saw with as of egg three's multiplayer but that kind of thing so i i am more interested in this game now than i was with it as an mmo steal the borderlands method just do it oh yeah and i'll be happy yeah <laughs> definitely definitely it's it's a recipe to win Yep. Okay, we're going to wrap up the show with that. I would really like to thank you, Amir. Thanks for dropping by. It was fantastic no having you on the show. I'm going to let you fun. pimp all of your shit right now. <laughs> you can catch me at madcastgaming.com. Uh, that's where our podcast is. Uh, so, yeah, check us out there. Uh, and I am on Twitter at madcast underscore prince. We will definitely have to have you back on the show, even with Vince on, just to sit around the four of us and shoot the shit. That was fantastic. Sweet. Okay, so of course the show is going to be at ForTheLore.com. You can find us on Twitter at ForTheLore, and if you have any comments or whatever, send them to ForTheLore at gmail.com. And with that, we will see you guys next week with hopefully Vince back. Bye, and if not, we'll get him here again. Toodles. I'm all right with that. <laughs> Vince, you can stay off as long as you want, damn it. <laughs> yeah, Nancy. Bright light said it gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. I didn't have anything specific tonight. I was looking so around. So you punked out stuff, is what you said. No, 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 no. Because it sounds like really punk enough. talk about was... Uh, Skyrim DLC is very much only if we have time, which I, I doubt it because, quite frankly, it's nothing. I already gave Joe shit for that. Send me a freaking... They registered a trademark. That's not show notes worthy for Christ's sakes. I didn't see anything particularly intriguing. Oh, yeah, that's why he sends it to me. Yeah, but it's the first sign of DLC. They, You know what the first sign of DLC was? When they said there's going to be DLC in the game. <laughs> exactly. That was the first sign. <laughs> this ain't it, buddy. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> that's too steep. 15 bucks for two hours? Sorry, ain't going to happen. Yeah. I know a hooker costs a hell of a lot more, but I don't need that either. <laughs> I'm not paying for that. Uh, not that I'm calling know. that game it company just, whores. I'm just saying 15 bucks for two hours is a little that steep. That does sound kind of steep. Kind of says a lot. Okay, I'm going to start broadcasting here. And the freaking... <laughs> I don't know if it's going to work or not. What people are seeing on the screen right now. With any luck, it's not me. <laughs> Although it might be a picture of me. <laughs> the freaking... He used to, my my hard drive crashed on my laptop, of course, because you know it's a freaking Dell, um, and uh, and so the hard drive crashed, so I had to reimage it, and so I reimaged it, and I had had a bitch of a time getting Ustream producer working on it before, and the same thing is happening now. It's giving me a hard time with what it wants to display, and so man, screw it. Uh, let's see what it is showing. Just for shits and giggles. Oh, me. Okay. Pause. No more. Because <laughs> you're coming through a lot clearer now. Oh, yeah. Gotta love it. <laughs> you know what? I see videos of these people. Of course, they're far more successful than we'll ever be. But <laughs> that actually all live in the same town. They all get together in the studio and it's all done in one location. None of this yeah. bullshit. And it's like, oh, one can only dream. Of course, that would mean living in the same town as Vince and Joe. I don't want that crap. <laughs> I want those suckers as far away from me. Stay out of my country is what it boils down to. <laughs> yeah, I'll be freaking... Dumbledore Gandalf on the border saying, you shall not pass! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
And we are broadcasting, so tell freaking Tarts she can oh. stop bitching at me. Of course, she's probably sleeping. No, she's actually uh, playing with the cat right now. I was going to say, keep her sleeping. Keep her quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that wouldn't help with the dog and everything else, though. Yeah, really. Although sense. we've reached, we've reached uh, an understanding, though, so it's okay. We being you and Turtle, you and the dog. <laughs> Me, the dog, and the cat. And I'm restraining from making further comments about that. Okay. That's fine. You don't have to say hi, Amir. We know you're here. <laughs> you can actually say hi and people well, hello there. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you didn't want to interrupt. That's nice. Um, Let's rock and roll. We will be bouncing all over the place. And yes, Turtle, it's Peekaboo Raj. <laughs> <laughs> I took some pictures. <laughs> All right. Oh, baby, it's just you. Take it off. Don't be cruel.